As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey guys, just a quick message before you start listening to this podcast. Did you know that all of our Red Men Plus content also comes in podcast form? Not only do you get access to all the videos, you also get access to all of our podcasts too. They will download directly into your native app so you can get them on the go. So don't miss out on any more Red Men content. Sign up at redmenplus.com and like I say, get all of these amazing podcasts directly into your device. Right, I hope you enjoy this show. Hey everyone, it is the Build Up Show. We are back. Football is back again. Um, the inexorable, interminable, disgusting, horrible wait in the dank, miserable, filled pit of our lives that has been the world since Liverpool uh, lost their opening draw of the season, um, psychologically speaking. Um, well, again, it's lovely it's outside. Of, yeah, it's, be- it's glorious, it's Come beautiful. On. The sun is shining, and yet somehow... There is a dark thundercloud that has followed over my head, cartoon style, raining, raining on me uh, <coughs> ever since Liverpool drew the opener against Fulham. But uh, they've got a chance to pick themselves back up finally. Monday night kickoff this will be. So yeah, the longest possible wait, pretty much, unless we'd actually had the, the Friday game last week. The only way we could have waited longer for this, but it is what it is. Um, I still Jamie joined me for this one in the studio, um, and. Um, yeah, it it feels like a lifetime <laughs> uh, because ultimately there's all, it always feels like a longer wait when you're waiting after Liverpool have, have lost. We really all could have just done with Liverpool having another game, mm. whether we were prepared for it or not, like the team-wise. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I would much rather this be once again the early kickoff. Anything to shorten this time frame, it is what it is. It's about time Liverpool just got back into into the pitch, got back on the pitch, back got got back on the horse. Absolutely, because none of us were expecting what unfolded in front of our eyes at the weekend. So it's more of a case of let's get it out of our system with a resounding win at home against Palace. You know, it's one of those situations where, yeah, you're right. We'd have played it the following day, wouldn't we? Really, to get it out of get it out the way and done with. It's it's been a strange week. Um, we wanted to start with a statement. We thought we would start with a statement. And the damn squib's really underplaying it, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, like you, mate, I think that, that thundercloud's been over my house too, mate. There are two of them. So you've got one and I've got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been rough, mate. I can't wait for the game to come. Yeah, meteor- meteorologically speaking, it's been, a, it's been a funny old time on Merseyside. <laughs> Lots of very small rain clouds hovering in the otherwise yeah. glorious sunshine. Um, Jamie Crawford, how have you been, have you been coping this, this, this past I've been day? doing all right. I, I noticed you said, since Liverpool lost as well, we didn't lose. Oh, I said lost I, the draw. I said lost the draw. I, because, I lost the draw, right? Because well, like Liverpool drew a game of football it, well, and it yeah. felt like a significant defeat. Let's try and inject a bit of positivity. Yeah. First game back at home. First, my first appearance of the season. Hopefully, it's going to go slightly better than Liverpool's last Saturday. Um, yeah, we need a. I mean, is it a must win already? Is that? But it must not drop any more yeah, points. Yeah, it feels like, I, th- I think, because people have been going on, uh, there seems to be two schools of thought. And, well, it's first game of the season, then other people going, if we lose the league, well, we lose the league by a point, it doesn't matter if it's the first game or the la-, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, we need to get that out of our system. Much better performance. I mean, we can't, put in, we can't put in a worse first half performance than we did last week. So, yeah, I'm hoping we're going to, as you say, get back on the horse 
with a commanding home display. Well, that's exactly what it's got to be, really, because you're right. Look, the league's never been won or lost on the opening day of the season. You can't be because you've still got 37 more games of football to be played. And it was a point made you know, on, on the podcast this week. City draw six and lose three last season and win the league on 93 points. But that's the benchmark. But it doesn't mean City by a moment, no stretch, nor in Liverpool when they won it, you know, the, 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 um, two seasons ago. No, by no stretch did we win every game of football, although it certainly felt like that at, at, at a time. Mm. There is that pressure, but the pressure only increases when you don't win games. We had this in 2009, 2010, you know, come back off the back of finishing second in the league and we lose a couple in the opener, opener of the season and you just feel like everything's been undermined. But in the spirit of positivity, Liverpool need to make sure that they aren't complacent. I think it feels a little bit like they batten down the hatches this week. I think they'll have done more coaching, they'll have done more on the training ground, they'll have looked at the problems of Fulham and look, it's time staff, but it's up to them to go and put it right and look if any team's proven themselves capable of putting it right it's certainly this Liverpool team oh it hurt it hurt everybody there was no players in the socials saying we'll go again next week which is really telling um, I think that they, they were like you said batting down the hatches been very big on self-belief to put that back in because that's that's our watchword isn't it self-belief that's unstinting that's not something we've ever could you could ever accuse a Liverpool side of not having I think you're right to reference the first half I thought we were passive as, a, as being kind in, ter in terms of what we created so yeah that there'll be there'll be the intensity will be back I think they've had a been told their futures kind of thing because you know it's opening day of the season and really can't be doing things like that if you've got aspirations to be winning the title but it's a crisis everywhere else in the world except at the football club because they'll do all the right things, have all yeah. the right conversations. Yeah. And the ir irony is it's off the back of a, a book released by about intensity and it's yeah. the thing we, lit we didn't have. Yeah. So great opportunity to remind players that's what we're about. So much so, assistant manager wrote a book about it. Mm. Let's get it back and let's show it in, in, in abundance on the, Monday night. The tricky thing with all this, again, is because we're on the outside, you know, no matter how much we try to be more on the inside and how much people think we're on the inside <laughs> at times when Liverpool don't win, which seems to be the first accusation levelled. Um, we're not on the inside circle of Liverpool football club in any way, shape or form. And when you're on the outside, you're not privy to all the info and you have to live in your own head and your own fears and your own anxieties. And there's a little part of me that when I was writing the agenda for this, thought, oh God, Crystal Palace actually. Whereas I was looking at our open fixtures going, well, fuck Fulham, fuck Palace, fuck Man United. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cru cruise to our first, a comfortable first 12 points in, in August and then we'll look into September and see how we go. Um, and you kind of, but you know, you, you start to look into it and go, well, Palace, you know, they're, you know they, they're, they're a good team. We saw what problems they could cause us, cause us last season. But this is the point about it. Liverpool need to dig deep. The, you know, the fans get to dig deep. We actually get to have more of an impact. We get to go to Anfield and, and yeah. you know, in greater numbers this time around. Liverpool will be keen to put it right because that's the mark of winners. Yeah, I think I, I, I listened to your kind of predictions thing the other week and I, I've got Palace. I'm thinking like, oh, they could do something this year, top half maybe eight or something like that. So on, on paper, you look at it and you go, oh, they've got a good balance of technical players and physicality. And, you know, they've, like, they've got a lot going for them. But first game back at Anfield, especially after that um, <clears throat> poor performance last week, everybody, everyone was going to be raring to go anyway. They'll have um, doubtless had a rocket off Klopp. He's, you know, he's, it's very rare that he comes out and says we our, our attitude wasn't right, our mentality wasn't right. So maybe in a way it's good having this break that he can just drum that into them this the entire week saying we are not coming out like we did last week again. Yeah, and again, for most of them, don't even need saying, they all know. The, again, yeah. these are guys who've been there and done it. They're not going to be happy. They're not going to be going, ah, oh, well, whatever, shit happens. They're going to be going, no. That's like, they'll, they'll be affronted. And they'll be affronted by their own performances. You know, Jürgen Klopp, it's particularly, like, he doesn't come out publicly and slate the team very often. It's a very rare thing that he comes and questions how Liverpool have approached the, approached the football match. And the players will feel exactly the same exactly the same about it. On the, on the Palace front, you know, I mentioned it before, they look a good outfit under Patrick Vieira. I think he's, he's obviously got some going for him there he's got a good a good selection of players there was a little hope on my part that they would they would be to 
Arsenal, what Fulham were towards at the weekend, mm. and it doesn't quite work out for that. Yeah. You know, they've got the, the, the fan, their own fans, Sellers Park under the lights, first game of the season. Arsenal have got, got that little fear factor that they had Brentford the season before and yeah. didn't quite go right for them. But I was actually quite surprised, you know, it, it, on paper from or, or in a very top line sense, it being a 2 0 win to Arsenal, I think flatters. Arsenal and, and does a disservice to how well Palace actually did in that game. Just looking at the stats, you know, but again, very ba- very basic stuff, but same amount of shots. Both had 10 shots, both had two on target. Possession was actually dominated by Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace, can I just reiterate this, at 57% of possession against Arsenal Football Club, mm. which is insane. This is the football club that had Roy Hodgson as the manager two years ago. Less, <laughs> you know, less than, you know. I, um, and this is Arsenal who were effectively the modern day pioneers of just having loads of the footy. Um, so that gives you a little bit of a story about what, what Palace are and what they're, what they're even more and further evolving into. They're, um, they're, they're a good team and I, and I think, I think Steve, we're going to see a lot of this, this, this season and Fulham hopefully is an early warning shot. I don't think there's going to be many teams that are not going to be aggressive. Mm. I don't think there's many teams that aren't going to be comfortable on the ball. The days of Burnley's and Stokes and alternate seasons of West Brom and all that kind of stuff. See, we seem to be living in a golden era for, fo- for actual footballing teams at the moment. Be interesting to see how that affects Liverpool's approach or how that affects teams coming to Anfield's approach. Yeah, totally. Sometimes you replace skill with with fight and endeavour and, and aggression and that's what you know Patrick Vera was an aggressive player although yeah. he wasn't short of skill either I think his team are representative as him as a player what they have got is really interesting they've got ball carriers you know they've got three notable ball carriers in their team that that's probably helps to contribute to the possession stats they won't come to, to Anfield to roll over absolutely not they're, they're a decent side as you say they're all big they're all physical they're all strong they can they can run forever it's an interesting game for us because it'll be a test because they'll, they'll, they'll ask lots of questions in terms of the physicality and obviously um, with our midfield situation now we're probably going to put one in there that we don't look at as a particularly physical player mm-hmm. and if you're Crystal Palace that's exactly what you're going to hone in on isn't it for the game against Liverpool yeah just looking at the lineup then from, from last weekend uh, it's great and in goal Daniel Klein starts right back in the back four for them alongside Anderson Aguay uh, and Mitchell it's a two-man midfield screen in front of Decore and Schlupp, and then it's up to 4 one So they've got Ayu, Eze, and Zahar behind Edouard. And obviously we've seen that firsthand, what, what that can do in terms of other options. In addition to that, we know they've got Mateta there as well, who can do sort of similar things, continue to add pace and dynamism to their, to their attack. They're a decent outfit, and it's something Liverpool needs to be careful, particularly on the counter, because that will be that will be the mission. Mona Jamie is. They'll, they're, I'm not saying that they're not going to park the bus per se. I think they will look to no. be aggressive all over the pitch. But what we saw from them at Sellers Park was it was like second and third man runs looking to break the offside trap. You send you, you send one lad in to set the offside trap and then you send another lad in for deep and that's where the, that's where the pass is played. And Liverpool do have to be careful because, you know, if we're not fully up to speed, a lot of how Liverpool approach the game is is fluency. It is the fine margins. Um, they do need to be careful. Yeah, I think looking at that, there is... There is um, a nice, but as you say, we don't really have these kind of clogger teams, these, you know, sort of Stoke type teams anymore. There is a nice balance there between they will be physical. They've got a lot of pace on either wing. Uh, they'll be looking to get, get in behind our fullbacks, but they've also got a lot of <clears throat> decent technicians on the ball. Obviously, um, Zahar, is, you know, we, he's been he's been a maybe not top-level Premiership player, but the, the rung below for probably six, seven years now. Eze, everybody likes Eze. Um, I, think he's a, I think he's a really special player. Yeah. He was so unlucky with that injury last year. Yeah. But he's another one who's coming back in now. He's a little glimpse of it against Arsenal. And you're right, I mean, just actually, just to move things on from this, just in terms of the injury news for Palace, uh, Jack Butland is is currently ruled out with a wrist... Uh, he's got a metacarpal fracture. There you go. Uh, James MacArthur is ruled out as well with a groin slash hip slash pelvic injury uh, it's a step 
it's just a step back. It was the it was the it was the word on the 30th of July. It's not going to be as long as we think. We'll have to wait on Monday to see how it is. Uh, Michael Elise is the other one, and we saw how good he could be against us uh, yeah. last season. He's been ruled out most likely as well. It won't be till the end of the month that he comes back. And James Tompkins, no return date on him at the moment. That's one good thing with the, the Elise thing. Stay, but oh yeah, they're not they're not lacking without him. No, no, they're not. And and, and Eze and Zaha and Elise, Elise, the three players I alluded to, in terms of ball carriers, they ask you questions, and that's their style of play. And, and that's, as I said before, that goes down to the the, con- the contribution towards the amount of possession they had. Uh, we'll probably play a little bit more on the counter. I thought we were really deep first half against Fulham. It was unsurprisingly unsur- deep. I don't think that helped. So if there's a conscious effort to get the bat line forward. You do that, but you do that at a risk against these guys because the third man running thing is absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um, look, ultimately, um, Jamie, Liverpool need to be better in first halves in general. You know, there's a. It's it's kind of crept up on us the back end of last yeah. season and already now you know seeing this with, with Fulham, Liverpool need to start more aggressively and and hopefully I mean we're not gonna without getting treading on part two where we're gonna talk about who could we could bring in. To make that happen, to help Liverpool with that, it's, whether it's an attitude thing or whether it's the, a choice of pass thing or whatever, we're being caught too flat-footed. We're conceding the first goal far too many times, and that's yeah. a big thing that needs to get cut out. Yeah, there have been a few creeping in, hasn't there? There was uh, some, that, you know, like the Villarreal uh, game, stuff that gets rectified in the end. But it's one. It's like the other year when United kept going behind all the time, and you're going, "This won't carry on," and it, it hasn't done. And the other thing, the big, speaking of dark clouds, are our, our uh, neighbours from down the M62 there. It, how depressing is it when you're like, I think West Ham could do a job here. Five minutes in, it's one nil. To, it was it was always like, you know, five minutes one nil Sterling or whatever, or one nil Jesus or whatever, you know. And it's <clears throat> it's it's very. It just takes the window to your sails. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the players are as. They always say, you know, do you watch City's games and stuff like that? We need to start doing that where it's like, no, we're just putting to bed well, any you, chance of... You're creating a fear factor around yourself and that, yeah. that's the thing at the moment. The, the If you were a manager coaching looking forward to a game against Liverpool, you would say, go and have a go. Go and get in the faces in the first half because yeah. you're more like, you know, there's now enough evidence there. It's not circumstantial evidence. There's enough to suggest that your best chance of getting something against Liverpool is by being aggressive in the first 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, getting in the faces, unsettling them, stopping them from doing what they do. You might not be able to continue it for the full 90 minutes, but go and burn yourself out. And then and then leave, and then then if we want to then park the bus in the final half hour, then we test Liverpool with breaking us down. T- totally. I've, I've long said, if you're brave against City, you get something. If you're brave against against Liverpool you get something out part of my frustration as a fan watching teams play like West Ham play Manchester City West Ham didn't turn up I thought they were mm-hmm. dreadful yeah. um, they didn't back themselves but yet back end of last season they turn it up at half time they go off come back on and try and hold what we have and you can't yeah. do that against Manchester City What one thing Manchester City did was play the entire game on the front foot yeah. you have to find a way to combat that that's the big difference between Liverpool and City for me at the weekend I don't think we started on the front foot I think we allowed uh, Fulham to build some intensity on the day and I think we didn't do ourselves any favours City don't give you the opportunity to do that but you're right there's a fear factor we need to get that back because that's what we have to we, we, when we play well City can't beat us mm-hmm. so we need to make sure we, we get back to what we do well it is fucking August. It's baking hot. I'm not filming this in July in the middle of a heat wave. Uh, and we've got an incredible club legend competition for you yeah, this August. It is a signed Rome 77 shirt. And it's signed by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Phil Thompson. To be involved, if you're a club captain, go over to redmenplus.com and upgrade your subscription to Club Legend. If you're brand new to Redmen TV, then get over to redmenplus.com. Sign up as a club legend you could win this incredible prize and other prizes that we give away for some reason every single month yes welcome back right it's still me it's still Jamie still stay um, trivia question was when did Patrick Vieira first meet LFC and what was the score so he signed for Arsenal in 96 from Milan and, I, and there's a big thing about we didn't play Milan for years and years and years so, so I'm going to potentially rule out Milan 
Yeah. And I don't know that he was a starter straight away for Arsenal when he joined. So if I was hazarding a guess, it'd be the second game of the season in '96. And I don't get, I can't think of the score. So I was going to go down the Milan route. I think I did. We play them in like the Cup Winners Cup, but yeah, we did. We 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 barely played it was like them. Twenty over odd the years, years between yeah. until we played them last season. Mm. So I'm going to say, what would it be? January, I, February. I can't. Off, I can't offer any more than that. Okay. Anyone for any more in the live comments? Please put your answers in there. You know, I'll, I'll take year. You get yourself a nice pat on the back if you manage to get the year right. Uh, which the Funker can do. The year was 1996. He took on Liverpool in the starting eleven of the League Cup fourth round meeting between Liverpool and Arsenal, Wednesday the twenty seventh of November nineteen ninety. As soon as you said that, I thought November. Yeah, wasn't the bad, was it? Score Not too bad. Yeah. For those interested, Liverpool four, Arsenal two. Um, Arsenal's lineup: John Lukic. God, that's how long ago wow. it was. Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterbear, Martin Keogh, and Steve Bowl, Tony Adams. David Platt, Ian Wright, Paul Merson, John Hartson, and Patrick Vieira. Uh, two goals from Ian Wright with Arsenal scores, both in the penalty spot. Liverpool, where <coughs> David James, Mark Wright, Phil Babb, Neil Ruddock, Stigging Abiona beat Jason McAteer, Steve McManaman, John Barnes, Michael Thomas, Robbie Fowler, and Patrick Berger. And the goals came from Steve McManaman, two for Fowler, one from the spot, and Patrick Berger rounded it out on 72 minutes. So there you go, Patrick Vieira. 1996. In my head, and immediately, <clears throat> I'd have gone probably late. I, I late nineties, maybe. I think I would. I think I would have gone around 98. I tied it in because of Gerard coming into the squad and Patrick Vieira had established himself by yeah. then. Yeah. And I know it didn't happen straight away because because yeah. that was a bit like that for those boys, the like French na- boys. 1980 in Celta Vigo when yeah. Gerard, you know, and obviously Sheffield Wednesdays around that time as well. <coughs> yeah. I'm happy with my contribution. I'll take that. Very, very good indeed. Yeah, if you manage to get any even a sniff of that, then you're absolutely brilliant. Uh, in the live comments, uh, Marley Clark and Joseph. Uh, Gurgis, both said 1997. Um, there's a name I cannot pronounce, you've got 1996. Very well done indeed. So, if, yeah, if you got that right, brilliant. Give yourself a huge pat on the back. You are absolutely brilliant. Um, absolutely brilliant indeed. Right, okay. Injuries. Liverpool uh, largely the same injury issues that we faced last week. The hope will be that Naby Keita should be returning for this squad. It was illness. They were hoping he was back for Palace. So you'd imagine he'll be. He was hoping he'd be back for Fulham. He wasn't. We should be back for this. The talk is that Curtis Jones will be available by the end of the month. No update at the moment on Canate or Simicas. Jota, the hopeful, I think by the end of the month, started getting into September. And I'll, yeah, yeah, I know. And Ramsey, no one knows what's going on with him at all at this point. He's turned into Ben Davis. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, <laughs> the Cater and Jones thing is pivotal. I think yesterday, um, Cater in particular, we've seen last more last season that. Thiago Alcantara is the starting left side of centre mid, and Naby Keita feels like he was, if nothing, at bare minimum, he's our fourth midfielder. He might need to be more than that this season. We could really do with him stepping up and yeah. really hammering on the door. But we know that he, the easiest switch that they could make with no Thiago is for, for Naby Keita just to come back in if he's available. Or double pivot with Harvey with Harvey Elliott in. And I think what's been really key for me in the in the in the two games we played, if you could call the Charity Shield competitive game, mm-hmm. when Harvey's come on, we've scored goals because he's a link player. He's a link player of the sort we don't really have on that right hand side, which is. The basis of where, where we attack, that's pretty much what we do. Everyone can predict it. It's whether you can do something about it. Elliot's been really, and his new contract is a sign of that. The fact that he's able to see passes, able to bring players into the game. If you're asking me, what would I do? I'd, I'd probably play Elliot. I was very much pro Elliot right from day one for this season. I wanted to see the experiment we tried last season start again this season, and hopefully it will. I think there's, this is a game where we need to be in charge of the game in terms of being on the front foot. I think if you play Naby Keita, great at pressing. Um, I just, For me, I just think Elliot at this moment in time is our biggest creative influence. The issue we've got in this, and this is why I call it the big decisions, is, OK, so we're bringing Harvey Elliott in. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll pick our ultimate 11 in, in a little bit, but... I agree, by the way, I think Harvey Elliott should be coming into this mm. one, Jamie. I don't know whether you agree or disagree on that point. But there are knock-on impacts to that. 
And it's what do you do with the what are you do with the rest of the midfield? Because as much as you need to solve the Thiago problem, because he's literally not available. Yeah. You know, it could be six weeks without him. He had a bad game. Fabinho had a bad game. Yeah. Jordan Henderson actually played better once he was moved into the six, which mm. is another consideration. Yeah. You, it's what do you do with the other midfield options if you're bringing Harvey Elliott into this game? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I think the, the thing that I found myself when when I saw Milner warming up, I went. Yeah, this is exactly what we need. And I was thinking, should I be saying that now mm-hmm. when Milner's 36? But so do you just bring Milner in? This this is not me having to go with you, but this attitude I think is an issue. I, mean, I you know, I know you're not thinking it in a sort of in a, in a truly horrible way or whatever. No, no. But like some I, I contend this lots. I think brilliant, brilliant footballer with tons of experience, loads of character, understand can drop into you know, can drop into any game. Yeah. I don't think any one of us is saying let's have James Milner start the next 30 games consecutively no. because that would represent a, probably a misstep in our transfer policy or the yeah, quality yeah, of the yeah. people around. No problem with having James Milner be a, be a part. And he'll want to be in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, that, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Do you do you bring in um, the two substitutes and say, well, you you improved our midfield performance when you came on. We'll just go with you from the start. And, and then it's a toss-up between Henderson or Fabinho in the six. Or do you say to Henderson and Fabinho, right, you're back in, you've got to rectify that. Although we're playing... Now, I, I see I want to start Elias mm-hmm. on the right-hand side of the three, so I'm leaning towards Fabinho. I don't know, like maybe leaving him out. I don't... Does he need... A, does he need... Not a kick up the arse, well, no, but, but this, like... Uh, but this is why know. it's a tough decision. Is It's not as straightforward as this is... And I think you're illustrating the point perfectly mm-hmm. there, is... Fabinho was crap. Like, let's not let's yeah. make no mistake. Fabinho was was crap in that game as well. Just as, the whole midfield was crap, and it needs visiting. And what you saw from that is Harvey Elliott, James Milner, and Darwin Nunez all came up, came on and made and had better games than Thiago, Fabinho, and Roberto Firmino. So they they they're going to be the three lads who were on Jurgen Klopp's door all this week, going, lad, yeah, what do you want? Yeah. What, do you, what, what do you want me to do? Because I'll do it. Um, I don't know whether we can bring all three in, and I don't think people would be necessarily. I, I can I can already foresee the fume, but whatever result, whatever lads you put on the pitch, provided they get a result, who gives a shit what lads you put on? The I pitch? think there's a bit of devil's advocate with regards for for being you know, for me. You know, a six is only as good as the guy playing left and right hand side of him in the midfield three, and I thought mm-hmm. that all three of them were horrendous. If you're being honest about it, you know. So so you take. You take them off, make the changes you make. You put Henderson in a six. You bring Elliot in on the right-hand side. And he starts doing what a right-hand side player should do. And Henderson's thinking, actually, this isn't so bad. It's pretty easy, this. I can, I'm enjoying it because he's doing what he's supposed to do. Whereas in the first half, nobody did what they were supposed to do. So I can't dig out one person more than any other in that regard. And I think it's interesting that Henderson's player ratings went from dismal to you know, come up quite a bit in the second half because he was effective in the sixth role. I don't think you can, you can afford to play um, a passive midfield with with, with Nunes because you need someone close to him. So if the idea is that Nunes plays, I think Harvey Elliott's got to play because yeah. you need somebody in that pocket behind the front three. There's lots of different questions and lots of different answers, which, which obviously we'll try and figure out. But ultimately, I think if we're going to play on the front foot, Nunes plays up top and, and Elliott gets in that... Um, Inverted position where he sits, where he, where he links all the play. Yeah, I, that is to say, the, the issue with Harvey Elliott stuff is, I don't think he can play Henderson left of the three. No, I don't think he suits it. We've not seen. There's not enough evidence there, by the way. So just to make that clear, you know. But I've got there's a couple of isolated. There's a very short amount of time at the weekend where he does that, and it's not made doesn't make a massive difference no. to us. And he plays there against Chelsea this time last season. And we all remember the volley, don't we? <laughs> and, and it's so like I don't I don't think that's a natural fit for Jordan. No. The six is a natural fit for Jordan, but of course that would come at the expense of Fabinho, and that's not wrong. Both of them have played too much football yeah. in the last year, in the last couple of years. I, I'm I'm totally for them being in 60-30 rotation, but I, I don't think that's I don't think Liverpool's game plan for the season was that yet. I no. contend that Liverpool's plan was to get through August with largely Fabinho, Thiago, and Hendo starting yeah. games because one game a week, and with the Monday night games, you got really big gaps between games as well. So they want to be. I think I don't think they were going to do anything revolutionary, but I think 
you know, I know there's been a, a couple of like appearances cancelled for coaching staff and stuff this week. They've been a bit more, on, a bit, bit more on it. I wonder whether, and this is a question Chloe raised on the debate show, uh, so I'll, I'll ask you on this as well. Do we think maybe Thiago? It could, it could be a formation shift. Do you just do you go for more of the double pivot that Steve was mentioning earlier, where you go, okay, Jordan's not playing left of a midfield three, he's actually playing in a two-man midfield with Fabinho, and then that means you play Harvey Elliott as more of a free, a free roaming ten than a than a right side at eight. It's that hard to predict, Clock, because I I I feel like the the thing where wherever the clamour is, the latest clamour, he often doesn't do it, and then or the you know these. We play Bobby as a play Bobby as the peak of a midfield three with two sitters and all this maybe going back to a four four two three but and then but then sometimes like there was the City game a few years ago he played like a four two four and you think where's that come from he's thrown them all in yeah. so I it's hard to predict what he's going to do I think it's questions over whether Naby's obviously been ill. Is he, he? Yeah, is he absolutely, you know, being held back on a big leash? You know, he's raring to go, or is he going to be a bit sluggish? Because we can't afford him. He's had some bad first halves in his time. We can't afford him not being at the right, not being at the full game pace in the first half. So, he, I'd, I'd probably stick towards stick to with the with the standard formation, and it's just. A, I think we've all. I don't know. We're not quite there yet in terms of the uh, agenda, but I think we've all got. Harvey starting on the right hand side of the three. It's it's what it's you, what you, what you else do you, on the, yeah, le- on the left hand side exactly. I, I, but also it's worth mentioning, and I think you kind of what you were, you were saying there. Jurgen does like to say to the lads who were shit previously, right, go and put that right. Yes, right. You're starting again, and it's not necessarily again what people that people will be necessarily looking to hear. And we can't put the same midfield out because we know Thiago. It might be a simple thing, Steve. Just does. if Naby's ready. Right now, but you're just Thiago here. And Jordan, you're going to play on the right-hand side again. For being you, you're going to start again. If you play shite like that again, then bear in mind, you know, you've got Harvey Elliott there. I can't I can't keep him at bay much longer. And you can't, you're not, you're, you've got to keep him at bay, is basically the yeah, argument. Yeah. If you want to play, in particular for someone like Jordan Henderson, he wants to play in the 8th for Liverpool. He doesn't want to play in the 6th. He'll do it, and he's very good at doing it. But he wants to be in the eight. He wants to have a more impactful role in Liverpool's mm. in Liverpool's attack and play, in Liverpool's all round play. He feels he can influence the the tempo of Liverpool games far better from from the eight. But I think we're starting to see the the limits of what he can do. I mm. think football, we're in danger of evolving past that, where we do need a bit more attacking guile in that position, no natural, more of someone who's dropped from the front row of three back into midfield rather than someone you bring in, put you pushing further up the pitch. Um, but as I say, Harvey Elliott's there. You can't do too much more. And I think if Harvey Elliott follows his progression, it's going to become impossible for, for terms to be ignored. But that's the, that's the goal that's going to have to be laid down. Well, it, it's a matter of time before Harvey makes that position his own, and he will, because he's that good a footballer. He's, you know, it's, it's inevitable, isn't it, with him? You're right. Be a great opportunity to throw the gauntlet down and say, right, go and right the wrongs of the weekend. And I think that's a very, very clop thing. It's a really good point you make. Um, you can still do that with the, with those two. And we've talked about the double pivot. You can still say to them, right, go and, go and show me that you two can tie up my midfield and let the expansive players who create the goals and do the business in the, f- the final third, let them go and do their thing without worrying about what's going on behind them. So there, there are issue, things to talk about. You know, you talk about Carvalho as well. You know, we, we, when we signed him, we've all said he's ready. Probably not for this game because I think right now Harvey Elliott is, is in front of him because of the impact he's made in the two games. But you can't suppress a talent like that you know, indefinitely. And, you, and you're quite right. Jordan Henderson's got to face up to the reality at approaching 32. His career will change. His, his role in the team will change. And they've all done it. John Barnes from left winger to centre midfielder because he ruptured his... Achilles, and that's the end of his running. Yeah, it happens. It's in, it happens to all footballers as they age. There's a game, a big game in Old Trafford, a week on Monday, and that's what it almost is for me. You know, because that game's so big, just on the calendar and importance is to yeah. Liverpool fans, and also laying a bit of a marker down as well. That you know, I'm saying here, and and I, again, I'm, I'd be if it's me, I, Harvey Elliott absolutely should be starting games of football for Liverpool and Darwin Nunes I don't see why you wouldn't because he's, he's you know he's had an impeccable start given what he's been what the minutes he's played for us so far but I wouldn't I also can 
can just as easily see that conversation where he turns around to Firmino and Henderson and goes, nah, you're going again here. And Fabinho, by the way. There's no, you're going again. But Old Trafford, you've got a week through to the, you've got, you've got a free run of everyone you pay. As long as no one else gets injured, everyone's got a fair shot of being involved in that Man United game. But it's who's, who deserves it. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give yous in your preferred roles one more run here. But look, if Darwin Nunes and Arvi Elliott come on the game, come on with half an hour left to go, and they have the same level of impact, and we're better for them being on the pitch, then you're gonna to have to accept that these are the these are the main men now, and you're gonna to have to start playing second mm. fiddle to them. So again, it's some interesting man management, some interesting tactical shifts potentially for Liverpool. But I don't again. If you asked, I think if you took a straw poll, we'll do it in the room. Would you start Elliot and Nunes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. Absolutely. I just would. I hadn't considered for a second Nunes not starting, but mm. then you <coughs> think, yeah, maybe he will. Maybe he will say, right, you you lads need to re- rectify what you did last week. Yeah. Because right. it is, you've got to, this is the thing we forget sometimes, just because we are all brutal. Well, not all of us, but, you know, I think the, the, the most critical of us are the most critical of us, and that's, that's how people approach things, and approach life. They were looking and go, right, crap out. Top doesn't really manage like no. that very often because he understands that he's got to then see that guy the next day and he's got to, at some point he'll need to get a tune out of someone and booting someone in the face. It works for some people. It's called, it's called in schooling, it's called differentiation. It's how you, you, you alter your teaching style dependent upon the learning capabilities yeah. of the child in front of you. So some approaches work for some children and other approaches don't. So you know, it's the carrot, and the, the carrot and the stick, isn't it? Um, Just thinking about Dejan Lovren getting hauled off after 25 minutes or whatever <laughs> that was. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, does Dejan Lovren start the next game? He absolutely starts yeah. the next game because Jürgen Klopp made his points, and then and late and again through the goal down to Dejan Lovren, and he had his best spell as a Liverpool player. Came it's great man management, to be yeah, fair, isn't it? After being hooked against Tottenham Hotspur, when every single one of us would have literally felt like we'd lived happier lives if we never saw him play for Liverpool again <laughs> and yet he goes on and he plays important roles in Liverpool after that And point. announced himself as the best defender in the world yeah, off the back yeah. of that as well don't forget that Well, well yeah I mean, I, 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 he, he did a bit of that in, he did a bit of that in pre-season at the, uh, for Croatia didn't he but yeah um, Right so yeah I mean again get your thoughts on any of these these are the these are the burning topics these are the conversations that are going to be happening at the AXA this week as Liverpool prepare um, for all of this do you change formation Fabinho, Hendo, and the six. Elliot, Milner, Nunes. I mean, I had a quick look just to just to refresh my memory on this. Uh, Liverpool started midfield at Old Trafford last year. Anyone? Uh, Naby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thiago injured. I can't even. Thiago was injured. Yeah. Curtis Jones. Nope. Curtis on the bench. Henderson. Henderson. Milner. Yeah. No. Milner. Uh, Naby. Hendo is our midfield three at Old Trafford. And I know we've got this, we're fixated often by like, what's our best? What's our best X, Y, or Z? You know, that's the, 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 the Klopp will play. Uh, we'll, we'll feel confident to feel any combination of things. And James Milner, again, we've almost glossed over the Milner conversation. James Milner won't be happy with that. And then there's some notes, I was just like, like what, what if a 36 year old, if a 36 year old is, is, is able to do that, then he's able to do that. I don't give a shit how old he is. Did he yeah, say that? 17 year old, sorry, but if you're a 17 year old and you can go on the pitch and impact the game, fine, player. If you're 36, 37, you can impact the game. Player, that that that's, that tells me we've got a brilliant squad. Not at the some fundamental hole in what we're doing. If you can put in, if you can have five injuries to first team players, and you're bringing someone of the quality of James Milner into it, and he can make it, and he can make a positive impact in games. When he stops doing that, that it's an issue. But there's no signs of him doing that. But you're picking Just players against who you're playing against, and to be fair, when we went to United, their midfield was way for thin, pathetic, wasn't it? So you could afford to go with those bodies, knowing that that would be sufficient, and as it proved, more than more than sufficient, wasn't it? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, let's talk about the... um the real business and the real business is ultimately um, us clicking, uh, us deciding what our 11 is going to be. Steve Plunkett, what is your starting 11 for Liverpool? Keeper picks himself. Keeper does. Right back and left back, usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Because of the bodies that are available, it will. Matip's another one that needs to go again conversation and because yeah. he was a bit off the pace for him. Mm-hmm. The, the one really good ball into the midfield for the, one of the goals aside, I don't think he had his best game. Um, and there's a lot of people saying that's probably as as ineffective as, as we've seen Virgil. Yep. Another, there's a few players who've got something to prove, so, so I think the back four pretty much picks itself. I want to see a double pivot uh, with with Elliot involved in that midfield three. So, so as you said before, it's not really playing Henderson on the left side of the three. Mm-hmm. It's offering that screen with... with I think if you play Nunes, you've got to play a more advanced midfielder. Yeah. And if given in a way, then I'm going to go Diaz, Nunes and Salah up top. Okay. Any disagreement, Jamie? I've I've got the same back four and keeper as last week. Um, starting Nunes, Salah, and uh, Diaz. Me personally, I would be tempted to go Henderson six, mm-hmm. Harvey, and Milner or Naby. But I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to do Fabinho. I think he'll do Fabinho, Henderson, and maybe Naby. I think. And there's one or two things that's going to happen here. It's going to be exactly the same 11, barring someone coming in for Thiago. And that will either be, that'll be who's fittest and most. most If Naby's fit and ready to go, Naby will just come in and we'll just carry on. I'll go, right, put it right, lads. I have got a sneaky feeling, and these are always wrong, (laughs) by the way. It is what what I I would, if it was up to me, I would move Jordan Henderson into the six. Because I just think there's games where you don't need. Fabinho and this yeah. might be one of them. You're at home, a bit more, just a bit more fluidity with him in 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 that six. You then put, you know what? I put Milner and Elliot in because I thought they both were excellent when yeah. they came off, and it's a good reward. So quite, you play brilliantly. Presumably they've trained brilliantly. If they have this week, then they'll be in contention. And then go with uh, Diaz, Nunez, and Salah up top. And the only other maybe change to that is. How's Joe Gomez been in training? Yeah, and do you say to Joe, "This is this is it, mate"? You know, like how do you how does Joe Matip get in? How does Joe Gomez get in the team if he can't get in the team on the back of Matip not having a good game? Is my you know is he is he going to have to wait till everyone's injured and then and then like mm. lock that place in? I don't think he will make that one more change. I don't no. think Lock Klopp likes to make sweeping changes game to game because of the rhythm and all that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't be against Gomez getting a little look in and getting a run and seeing how he seeing how he gets on, particularly because at some point Karate is going to come back and I just think he will just be our main centre half. But there's a lot there's a lot to pick through for the manager there. I mean Carvalho, I'm sure will be in, would be would be knocking around saying, "Can I get a go in midfield?" I wouldn't be against a Fabinho. Carvalho, Elliot, midfield, maybe a bit soon for that yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of how well they are up to speed in what we do, of course. But again, I, and also, let's be honest, I'm pissed off with how Liverpool performed. I was really, I was I saddened by yeah. by the whole thing. It's bad. It was more sad than, you know, it wasn't, you know, more disappointed in, in yeah. Liverpool and saddened by it rather than angry. But ultimately, if, Liverpool, if, if Klopp decides to give Bobby another go, fine. You know, absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with that. Nunes is doing a good job off the bench. He's actually shown that he's a brilliant half an hour, thirty five minute player. We don't, I don't think that's a bad, that's a bad weapon to have because you know that's working. Bobby for me is a good player. He could do with him. I just think if you're playing Bobby in the in the false nine, I think we definitely need to have someone in the midfield who, who breaks the lines a bit more and someone yeah. who gets up and makes it a four more more. And look, Jordan can do that under instruction, but I think Elliot does it much more. Much his starting position, his starting position is better suited to that. And you look at the goal in pre-season when he cut the ball back to Henderson. Ironically, um, his willingness to go beyond Salah was was critical in pre-season, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we had a good comment come in uh, while we were doing this, by the way, uh, from the Decorators Forum UK. He's been a member for 12 months here on YouTube. Thank you so much. Palace are in for a tonking, it says. Simple as that. I, I hope yeah. so. I hope so. Liverpool need a big reaction here. Yeah. They really need to go out there and just you know cast off any doubts. Because Man City, everyone was looking at Man City, West Ham and going, West Ham could get something here. Yeah. And then what instead? And all your fears, like maybe, maybe Harlem won't kind of link up. Things like that will have their, they'll that'll stutter as throughout the season at some point. But if you go and set a strong foot down, and that's what they did, and Liverpool failed in their uh, failed in their opportunities to do that, they could really do with sending a message. It doesn't need to be a five or six nil for me. It needs to be a it needs to be a three nil where it's like so done. It's just so it's so in Liverpool's in Liverpool's hands. That I don't no one wants them to be fucking around with it, this. It'd be all. nice with the five subs on sixty. We could say right, the game's won. Carvalho can can have a little bit, have a little moment, yeah. or Jones if he's fit. I don't know yes. if Jones is going to be fit. You know, hopefully, yeah. Fast start, early goal, nice early goal. Five minutes in, Mo Salah sorted. Half time, two nil, and get your get that, your foot. That, I've grown, I've grown, that, I've grown a bit tired looking at me watch thinking right there's 10 minutes to go till half time he needs to get them in another word yeah. that's becoming a recurring theme that I don't like to be fair yeah. um, right let's have a before we pick our score prediction for this let's have a little look at the other fixtures going on in the Premier League this weekend Saturday early kickoff sees uh, Everton Frank Lampard Lampard versus Gerrard clash for the ages the first time they've ever been mentioned together isn't it I think yeah. <laughs> no one's ever talked about them too as yeah. a clash in any way shape or form before it's huge Big. for both it's the, again similar to you know put, uh, disappointing start of the season for Gerard last last week. Yeah, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders and he, he will continue to have ever a crap. This Mings thing's bubbling under, isn't it? With Paul McGrath came out saying he should be in the team and like the Villa fans are like right, well what he says goes. So he's uh, yeah, but he's, it's the same Villa fans who say he shouldn't. But just because Paul McGrath opened his mouth and changed his mind, haven't but it's, yeah. uh, I think we're all to a man reconciled with the fact that Tyrone Mings is just crap. Well, yeah, never mind your club captain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it. But there's a big thing, you know. And again, it's, there's, there's lots of narratives in football, and the Gerard Lampard thing is important. Evertonians won't want to won't want to live in a world where Gerard's getting things over on them again. I mean, you yeah. saw him at Goodison Park last season, so have a little <laughs> smile at them and all, yeah. that, all that kind of stuff. Um, but like Gerard needs that's a that, that, Aston Villa need to be beating teams like Everton and Everton. Really need to be beating teams like Aston Villa, so that's got a lot of uh, a lot going on around it. Uh, Southampton hosts Leeds, which is a good uh, going to be a, a massive indicator, I think, of of where those teams, whether one of those teams is going to be comfortably safe from relegation, or whether one of them is going to be absolutely fucked this season. You know yeah. what? If that goes the way of Leeds, then then the old sack race uh, yeah. cameras are right on Ralph Ralph Hussenhaltel because he yeah. he would have got relegated if there'd been another month on last season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Arsenal hosting Leicester now. It's funny because again how the how seasons have started now the good how the vibes are around the football clubs and all that kind of stuff. There's an alternate universe where like you know Brendan Rodgers is is Arsenal manager here and he's got all the all the wealth at, at his disposal. Arsenal should win this, given that you know the the, yeah. the handle Crystal Palace, the vibes are good, but Leicester are that kind of team that have a way of just disrupting certain certain football teams. I think th- th- this will be an old school Leicester just go and be horrible, go and be gnarly, go and defend, go and try and hit Arsenal on the counter attack, frustrate the life out of them, stop Arsenal from counter attacking on you, and they might. I-, I have a feeling Leicester might get something from that. Which is just the fact they got three lads looking at the exit door, you do wonder how that psychologically affects the Leicester, squad. I think Leicester is shit this season. I wouldn't. But... I wouldn't want to be putting money on that for my life. I have to say, it could go. It could go any of the three results possible there. Yeah, uh, Brighton Newcastle, an interesting, another interesting way of gauging where both of those teams are at. You mm. know, Brighton started brilliantly uh, at Old yeah. Trafford last week. Newcastle again starting to look more and more like they, they they could be a real deal. Klopp's been very keen to talk about them in the European places, yeah. uh, which I think is quite significant. But that'll be a big. That will be another another one that uh, in any other season, Brighton Newcastle, like who's asked, but. There's just I love it. I just love it. There's a nice little a little little story. I can see there. Newcastle They're away coming. being the West Ham away of last season, like the the hardest outside the top yeah. top six to go. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Man City hosts Bournemouth three o'clock on the Saturday. I'm sure that'll be an absolute walkover <laughs> for them. Uh, Wolves host Fulham. Couldn't care less about that one. It'd be nice if Fulham were good for the next few weeks. Um, just so we can go, yeah, look how good these yeah, are. It wasn't yeah. just us being crap. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to quickly get Fulham's. Uh, I just want to get Fulham's fixes up because it'd be really nice if they actually had someone good in the in the in the forthcoming future. Okay, so they've got 
Uh, Wolves at the weekend. They play Brentford next week. They got Crawley Town in the League Cup. Who gives a shit about that? They play Arsenal. They play Brighton. Oh, they don't play Spurs till the third of September. They play the Chelsea on the tenth. I really want them to have Man City. They don't play Man City till November when it's all done. When they're all knackered and they've yeah. all, all the lusters worn off for them. Mitchell Richards started having a tantrum. Yeah. yeah. Typical. Absolutely typical. Um, not what we wanted. Uh, right. Sign a couple more fixtures quickly to get through. Then Brentford host United. That could be hilarious. Um, although I'm not against Man <laughs> United getting a getting a result there, if only because I don't see that they go in. I don't see that they lose the first three games of the season, surely. And it's very important that they do lose their third game of the yes. season, being it does. Um, so I'm not against them getting something to just to tide them over a little bit. You can't see them put completely turning it round in a week. And I'd rather see the pressure on them. Okay, yeah. I'd yeah. rather, okay, yeah. and then, then then the comedy value when it is three losses. Okay. I could see okay. them winning the game, but I can't see them winning handily. Yeah. I mean, I don't want them to win handily, but yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Forest, West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham is the half <coughs> four on Sunday. Really interesting game again. But the two that. Not that this game will decide that, but they're the two teams for me fighting out for third place in the league this season. So we should see whether Tottenham have progressed and whether the chaos at Chelsea's kind of subsided. And then, of course, we're the eight o'clock kickoff on Monday against Crystal Palace. Right? Let me know your score predictions in the comments. Let me know your 11s. Um, lads, what do you think the score is going to be? Liverpool, Crystal Palace. 4 0. Go ahead. 2 0 to Liverpool. But I'll have a 4 0 as well. Why not? I'll go with yeah. that. Do you want to change yours? <laughs> no, I'm going to talk. Yeah. Um, Cross press conference, 9.30am uh, Friday morning. Obviously, we'll get more updates on Liverpool's injury situation and, and, and a bit of greater insights into what the manager's thinking for this game. From that one, Chloe will be doing press conference reaction over on Redman Plus, and you'll be able to get that um, press conference in your podcast players uh, and on YouTube as well for free. Uh, so if you want to get that after the fact, you can do uh, on Redman throughout this season as well. Uh, loads of extra content to go on on plus this week uh, that was around the league I've just done Geno Insight with Neil Jones uh, having a little bit deep, a deeper dive into the Harvey Elliott contract situation uh, who Liverpool's new uh, centre half signing is uh, what the strategy is around Liverpool's under 23s and under 18s really really interesting stuff what they're doing some real outside the box thinking going on uh, some great insight from Neil Jones from goal.com on that uh, the debate show was brilliant as well just brilliant content more studio shows in video and in podcast form you can get on the go in your podcast player um, so you make sure you get involved with that um, so we're going to have so much good stuff coming this season it's it's a very very exciting time to be a Redmen fan as well as a Liverpool fan yes and Liverpool can just do the business though by the way because as much as everything's going brilliantly I love this job I love the production of everything we do improves every week every month it's great and then every season I am reminded that my happiness is entirely dictated around 11 fellas kicking a footy so if those 11 fellas could be less crap than they were last weekend that would help us all immeasurably right Right? right? Yeah. Agreed. Sound. Uh, that is the build-up show. Uh, check back for the watch-along uh, on Monday night as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all there. Ta-da. Thank you so much for that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more Red Men in your ears, then consider signing up to redmenplus.com. You get everything that's on the website in video and, if you want it, in podcast form. Uh, from £5 a month, redmenplus.com. You get two free items of merchandise every single season. If you sign up as a club legend, you get 20% discount codes every single month. Exclusive discounts from our partners, as well as your name and the credits and each and every Red Men plus show tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.